Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you. Let me zoom out here a little bit and get my focus a little bit better here. Uh, glad to be with you again today. And I want to thank the folks in Little Rock, Arkansas, at Zoe Bible Church and the Reverend Pastor Iverson Jackson uh, for the great reception. In fact, oh, I wish I had the, I should have had the plaque here in the studio to show you but they gave me um, the Arkansas Traveler Award. It was a very, very nice gesture. So we had a wonderful time, had a good turnout on a Saturday morning. Uh, had uh, people from all walks of life. People had driven some distances. Public officials were there. God bless each and every one of you. All my Arkansas listeners, in fact, I met one lady who said, oh, I, I, listen, I can't listen to your radio program most days, but I listen to your podcast in the morning. So thank you for that. Really appreciate hearing that. And by the way, let me mention to those of you who are watching the podcast, if you wouldn't share it with friends all over the country, remember nowadays, if we got people in California who need to be seeing this. Uh, so nowadays with this technology, we can reach everybody. So the, reach out, share it with friends, share it with family, share it with people who you know, who uh, maybe you're trying to reach or trying to persuade, or people who you just want to encourage. They're already in agreement with you, in agreement with us, but maybe they feel a little isolated or feel a little discouraged. By all means, share it with them. Let me remind you, too, that we do have a beautiful app. Uh, I didn't design it, so, so I'm not complimenting myself. I, I'm really complimenting the guy who, who created it for me, Jade Fulford, uh, who is uh, just a, a technological wizard. Uh, helped me build my studio and I mean frankly really built my studio and and uh, all this technical stuff that operates when I have have a problem I'm usually on the phone with him um, I don't want him inundated because I need him for too much <laughs> but <laughs> but he is in business uh, so Jade Fulford is the guy who built that uh, that app but go to the app store either Apple or Google type in my name EW Jackson but don't do do it all one word type it in like you would normally type in a name E period W period or E space W E, e space W space Jackson uh, on either Google or Apple and my app will come up and you can sign up for it. I'd love to have you because uh, I'd love to have you sign up for my app because that really does connect us and, and pretty much everything I do is going to end up on that app. All my live streaming stuff from my studio, my church is is aired on the app just in case Facebook or Google gets squirrely or YouTube gets squirrely, you know, YouTube suspended me for about 90 days, I think. I'm back on now, but just in case they decide that they don't like something I'm saying and want to mothball my, my channel and not allow people to see anything new, uh, I want you to know we're gonna be there for you. You're gonna be able to view what we're doing no matter what. We're not relying on these people because frankly, they're ideologues, they're Marxists, they don't like Christians, they don't like Bible-believing Christians particularly. Let's be specific about that. And they don't like conservatives. They don't like people who are patriots. They don't like the Constitution. They don't like America. They don't like our way of life. Uh, and so people like me are anathema to them. I am persona non grata. But I'm believing God that the day is going to come when these big tech companies are broken up uh, and we don't have that much power in the hands of a single individual or an oligarchy of individuals who really believe that through their power and their influence and the trillions of dollars they have at their command, they can affect, it can in effect control the United States of America and decide 
what happens with our country and our culture. Uh, we're simply not going to leave it in their hands. In fact, I really believe that the next president of the United States is going to have to go on a crusade to break these countries, break, yeah, countries, yeah, because they, they really have more power than most countries do, but break these companies up because they are, they are, they are antithetical to free enterprise. These are no longer free enterprise institutions. These are arms of government propaganda and leftist politics, and they are using their power, in my view, to undermine our country. And frankly, I think they have more loyalty and commitment to, to, to the Communist Party of China than they do to the United States of America. Yeah, I said it because I mean it. I believe they have a greater commitment to communism than they do to Americanism. So we're certainly not going to rely on them. Uh, by the grace of God, I, I stay on. I'm, I'm happy to do that because I want to reach as many people as I can. But I'm certainly not putting all my eggs in their basket because I know that they're the types who come and just step on, step on those eggs and, and crush them because they hate us. And I mean that literally. They hate us. They hate us. They hate Americans who love our country. They hate Americans who are patriots. They hate Americans who believe in the Constitution. They hate Americans who believe we are not a white supremacist or racist country. They hate us. They're imbued with a, a Marxist worldview. And of course, we know that communists are ultimately haters anyway. That's why Marxists a whole theory of life was you have to destroy, destroy, destroy. That's what the criticism is all about. That's what critical race theory is all about. That's what critical legal studies are all about. That's what high criticism of the Bible is all about. It's a Marxist approach to life, which is everything is wrong, got to destroy it. It's not the human heart from their perspective. It's not human sin. It's that the system is so bad. It's got to be destroyed and rebuilt. Yeah. How that, how's that worked out for us so far in human history? About 100 million people killed at the hands of communists? No thank you. So, um, but, but at any rate, download the app. And, uh, and you all know bishopewjackson.tv. I'm already on Christian Television Network in Florida. I want to say hello to all my Florida friends, by the way. I'm already on there. I'm, I'm about to sign on to, in fact, I've already signed a contract with National Religious Broadcasters. I'll be going on national television with them at the end of this month. And we're looking forward to some other things. I don't like to be premature and announce them before they're actually signed and sealed. Uh, but the, the National Religious Broadcasters arrangement is signed and sealed. It's just a matter of when it starts airing. So pray for us because obviously this is new to us and we've got a lot of uh, learning, a lot of growing to do. And uh, we want to, to make, I wanna make this podcast better, but I've got so many other irons in the fire. I haven't done anything yet. But I want to really package this podcast in a better way, make it make it more uh, entertaining. I want to ultimately bring guests on the podcast and have other people that that you are able to talk to and figure out a way that we can interact with you, maybe in answering your questions um, through Facebook or some other means. So we got a lot of stuff going on. So just pray for us that we'll do what God has for us to do. Now, the first topic, though, I want to talk to you about having thanked all the folks down in Arkansas and again, I was also at the Frederick, uh, the Douglas Leadership Institute Regional Conference in uh, Richmond on Thursday. I want to thank uh, Reverend Dean Nelson and, and the folks there for a wonderful time. Uh, these are all patriots who are doing what they can, patriots and Christians, who are doing what they can to make sure that our country is saved as a constitutional republic based on Judeo-Christian values and principles.
and I commend them all. God bless them. You know, people often say, you know, when I, they hear me and they're, they're encouraged, but I'm encouraged by you. I really am. When I meet you all on the, on the trail and, and at various events, I'm encouraged by you. Your, your courage, your commitment, your determination, showing up, being there, being in the midst, trying to learn, trying to grow, trying to figure out what more you can do uh, to be used by God to help this nation. Uh, believe me, you are a blessing to me. And that's why I am convinced that this nation is going to turn around and it's going to be a dramatic turnaround. By the way, I really believe that we're going to see the beginning of that turnaround or an aspect or manifestation of that turnaround. It's not the beginning of it because I think it's begun a while ago. In Virginia, I predict Glenn Youngkin will be governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, assuming these leftists don't cheat their way out of out of that victory. They cheat their way out of a legitimate victory for him that Winsome Sears will be elected lieutenant governor. I can't believe that we would elect somebody. This other woman, Ayala, won't reveal whether she's married or not, won't tell who the father of her children is. I mean, that's weird. That to me, you're a public servant, and they want, always talk, they want to always talk about transparency, and you don't even want to tell, you don't even want to reveal who your family is, whether you're married or not. That's, that's bizarre to me. That's weird. And I'm amazed that the press has not been all over that. If it were me, I mean, when I was running for lieutenant governor, they ran down to Chester, Pennsylvania, where I was born and raised and tried to prove that the, that the foster home I lived in had an indoor bathroom because I said it didn't. It, it's because it didn't. I took a bath on Saturday night in a galvanized tub. We had an outhouse. I had to bring down they, what they call the slop bucket every morning. I was at certain points along the way. I was the, the oldest kid and I had to go bring the slop bucket down, throw that out in the backyard. I mean, it, but they went down there to try to prove I was embellishing my, I was, I was making up stories. I mean, and I was running for Lieutenant governor. You would think that a woman running for Lieutenant governor who won't reveal her, her marital status or who the father of her children is you would think that the press would be all over and say, well, wait a minute, what's she hiding? What's, what's going on here? What, what's the problem? No, oh no, 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 she's fine. Winsome Sears is an honorable woman, a Marine Corps veteran. She is a, a, a brilliant person and she deserves that win. And I believe she will be the next Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. And J.C. Miares is, a, is a, an outstanding attorney He's got his head on straight. He believes in our constitution. He believes in our way of life. He believes in appropriate states' rights. He believes that we, the Commonwealth of Virginia, have a right to govern our affairs. He believes that the government should not be telling schools that you can separate children from their parents and keep secrets from their parents and, 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 and ply these kids with all kinds of, of inappropriate sexual material. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer, folks. It's a no-brainer. And I believe that the, 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 the people of the Commonwealth of Virginia have been awakened, even though I'm told only 35% of the people in Virginia know about Terry McCullough's statement, I'm not going to allow parents to tell teachers what they should teach. I mean, these people are tyrants. And you know the flag of Virginia sic semper tyrannis, thus always to tyrants. <laughs> You don't, you don't belong as governor of Virginia. You, you, you know, go, go steal money or whatever corrupt mess you've been doing and go, go do your political corruption somewhere else. Don't, we don't want it here. Uh, but look, I, I wanted to get into an issue that 
that I have not talked about, I don't think on this podcast, I don't think ever, there may be one exception, but I can't remember having talked about it. And you probably don't expect me to go here, so please pay close attention to this one because this is extremely important. I'm sure all of you know that there was a terrible accident on a set that Alec Baldwin was working on in which he shot and killed one woman and wounded another person. And why am I bringing that up? What's what's that got to do with public policy? Alec Baldwin has for years been an avid gun control activist. In fact, at one point he actually posted when a police officer in a confrontation with a, with a suspect had to shoot the suspect and kill the suspect, Alex Baldwin posted that video because it was video of that incident. And Alex Baldwin's post was, I wonder how it must feel to wrongfully kill someone. That's what he posted. I wonder how it must feel to wrongfully kill someone. Well, Alex, how's it feel? How's it feel? You posted it. How does it feel, Alec Baldwin, to wrongfully kill someone? That police officer was defending his life and the lives of other innocent people. You weren't doing anything like that, and you ended up killing somebody with a firearm. Now, look, I I trust that there will be an investigation. Uh, I I really believe, i just give you my my quick opinion on this, uh, but of course I will defer to what the criminal justice system and the courts say, but we don't have any choice but to do that anyway. But I really do believe that this is a wrongful death that should be criminally prosecuted because I believe that this is at the very least a negligent homicide. Manslaughter, second, third degree homicide, depending on the laws of California, of course, uh, because each state can define what the parameters are for manslaughter, uh, first, second, third degree murder. But that's not really what I want to get to. I mean, the, the law will deal with this, and I trust that he won't get special treatment because he's a celebrity. I trust that that will not happen. Um, he is living in La La Land, and you know, these these folks, they've been brainwashed by years of indoctrination in the California public school system and the California higher education system to think like Marxists. And of course, their attitude is it's not the person who committed the crime; it's the system that produced the person who committed the crime. And therefore, you put the system on trial, not the person who committed the crime. That's the way they think. Because Marx, you all know that Marx did not believe that criminals should be, uh, should be punished because he believed that criminals were simply a product of the capitalist system and that once you did away with the capitalist system, there would be no more need for crime because, of course, everyone would have their needs met. Yeah. Ask that of the Soviet Union and China and Cuba if people still committed crimes in the midst of a communist system. Of course they did. In fact, you could argue there was more motivation to commit crimes because there were less goods and services available and people had to steal or use the black market to get what they wanted. But nevertheless, that aside, here's the thing I really want to get to. Alec Baldwin is an avid gun control activist, okay? 
spoken out many times for gun control, against guns. He ends up killing somebody with a gun. We conservatives, we constitutional conservatives have been saying for years, the gun is not the problem. It's the person that's the problem. It's the person who sets out to harm other human beings with his or her gun. That's that the person is the problem, not the instrument. A truck in the wrong hands. We saw one truck kill 50 people. I don't think that happened here, but it did happen here in America. We, we've seen knife attacks in Great Britain where they have very strict gun control. They don't have as many guns in the culture, but we've seen knife attacks. Just saw recently a guy with a bow attack kill, I think, five people with a bow attack. It's not the instrument that is used. It's the person who has the instrument in his or her hands that is the problem. Now, this, is a, this, this goes out to everybody, including you leftists who monitor me to try to hear me say something that you think you can use against me. I don't know why they do it, because I, maybe they think I'm going to run for public office again, and they figure, let's, let's, let's create a, an encyclopedia of all the wrong things he said. <laughs> I mean, they, they did a big thing, made a big thing of me saying that homosexuality is a work of the devil. I said that at the um, pray uh, 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 pray, stand, vote rally sponsored by the Family Research Council. I spoke there and I said, homosexuality is a work of the devil. And they printed that. He said, homosexuality is a work of the devil. I said, yes, say it again. It is. Homosexuality is a work of the devil. It's a work of the flesh. And the works of the flesh are works of the devil. So just, you know, in case you didn't hear it, <laughs> I'll just say it again. But for all you leftists out there who monitor me and, and you know, looking for something that I'm going to, to, something that I say that you can then use to, to convince people how, you know, just how far out and how extreme he is, like that statement. Let me just say this. Instead of railing for gun control, instead of blaming the, the gun as the instrument, what we ought to do as a, as a society is encourage every single American to become familiar with firearms and to understand, appreciate, and practice firearm safety. Let me say that again, slowly, so that these idiots who, you know, they're, they're opposed to me and opposed to to, uh, to, to, to Americans being able to even have guns. We know that what they really want is to disarm Americans, okay? What we ought to do is encourage every American to become familiar with firearms and to appreciate and practice firearm safety. Instead of, oh, gun, oh, no, oh, I, oh, get that away. Oh, no, we shouldn't have guns. We don't need guns. Nobody needs guns. It's just an instrument, just like an automobile, a knife, a hammer, a stick. Uh, I mean, you, you name the whatever tool, you name, pick, pick a tool. It can become deadly in the hands of a person whose heart is set on evil. And a gun is really no different. But in the right hands, it's a tool of self-defense. 
It's a tool of recreation and it's fun practicing. I, I love target shooting. I mean, I just really enjoy it. I love competing against myself. See, see how, how well I shoot. Um, practicing the fast draw. It's just fun. Now, if somebody comes into my home unlawfully, they're going to find out that we are armed and we know what to do with them. But pray, pray, I, I pray that nothing like that ever happens. So I'm a, I'm a, I am a gun enthusiast. Okay. Glocks are my favorites and I, I've, I've got, <laughs> got a lot of Glocks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a friend of mine said, I thought AR 15 meant you have to start with 15 of them. <laughs> I gotta think the same way, <laughs> but my, not a single gun I own has ever been pointed at a human being ever, ever. And it would never be pointed at a human being. If, if, if a gun I own is ever pointed at a human being, it's pointed at a human being because I, am, I feel that I'm, my life is being threatened or the life of someone who I'm duty bound to protect is being threatened or I can protect is being threatened. And that's the only circumstance under which that gun is pointed. And that gun would be pointed because I intend to shoot that person. I've, I, I've never pointed a gun at somebody playing. That's not, that's not playing. That's, that's idiocy and foolishness and dangerous. Now I've taken people out to shoot with me and, and if I'm kind of in control of the situation, like if I take somebody out in, in a wooded area to shoot with me and I'm in control, in control of the situation, before I let anybody touch a gun I have, I first walk through a safety protocol. You don't point the gun at anybody. You don't hand the gun off. When I'm shooting, you don't hand the gun off. You pick the gun up from a table pointed down range. You don't, you don't practice drawing with anybody in front of you or within anywhere within your vision. If you're going to practice drawing, you're practicing drawing down range and, and, and everybody who is with you. If there was a group of people, everybody who is with you is back. And I, I, I always pe take people through this. You don't take a shot and say, oh, wow, look, I hit the target. Hey, look, everybody, I hit the target. You know, that, in any, any decent gun range, that'll get you put out and probably banned. I've shown people guns. It was situations where we weren't on a range. I've never shown anybody, shown anybody a loaded gun ever. I'm going to show you a gun. The magazine's out. The clip is empty and the slide is back. So not only is you can, is, is the gun not loaded, you can see that it's not loaded. The slide closed, the magazine in the gun could be empty, but you can't tell it's empty. A, a, a person who knows guns can pick up a weapon that's not loaded and you can feel the difference. If you're familiar with that particular firearm, you can feel that it's not loaded, but most people can't, wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So if I show somebody a weapon, the slide is back, the magazine's out. So you can see that there's nothing in that gun. 
Now I can hand that gun off to you. And even when I hand that gun off to you, I don't hand it off pointing it at you. I hand it off pointing it away from you. Even a gun that is visibly empty should be treated like a loaded gun. You don't point it at anybody. Now, I said all that to say this. If this idiot, Alec Baldwin, knew what I just told you, nobody could hand him a gun that he would then shoot somebody with. Because if these fools knew what they were doing, and they've got prop guns that are capable of firing rounds because there's gunpowder in the gun and it's capable of firing, and this is not the first time, right? Um, Bruce Lee's son was killed in a similar accident. But a a person who is, who is, um, understands gun safety, first of all, if you hand them a gun that is, is, um, uh, has the magazine in it, or it say it's a revolver, and with a revolver you can pretty much see, but you gotta you gotta open the chamber, um, the, the 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 cartridge to make sure there are no bullets in it, because you could you could look take a quick look and you might miss a bullet that might well be in line uh, for the hammer to fire it, okay. So. If you were a person in, who understands gun safety, if somebody hands you a gun, you can't tell whether it's loaded. The first thing you're going to do is turn that gun away from everybody and check it. If somebody tried to hand me a gun that I couldn't tell whether it's loaded, and I say, you know, secure that firearm, secure that thing. No, no, hand me that. I don't know what. I don't know what that. I don't know whether that thing has a hairline trigger. I mean, a, 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 a hair trigger or not. You hand the thing to me, it's got a hair trigger, it's got a, it's got a, a round in the, in the chamber, and suddenly the movement of the thing, I mean, most guns, Glocks, you, you require five pounds of pressure, you can adjust the trigger, but the, you, you move the thing around, think it go off. You, secure that thing. Don't, don't hand me that. But if that's a person who doesn't even understand what I'm talking about, I'm getting away from that person. I'm not going to be around that person with guns, because that's a fool. Hand me, hand me a, a gun that could be loaded. I don't know what the nature of this gun is. I don't know how this gun uh, uh, functions. I don't know what the, how the trigger uh, functions on this thing. But you see, he's so busy engaged in gun control activism that the idiot hasn't even bothered to understand gun safety so that an accident like that could never happen. You got a dead person because this fool is so busy patting himself on the back as a gun uh, 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 control advocate when the fool doesn't even control the gun that is in his own hands. So are you blaming Alec Baldwin? Yes, I am. Yes. You're going to be handling firearms. You ought to know something about firearm safety and you ought to be able to secure that weapon in such a way that it's no danger to anybody. 
Now, I don't know how these prop guns work. Obviously, there was a projectile in this one. They think it was a live bullet. But here again, this is not the first time this has happened. So therefore, these prop guns must be guns that are simply not intended to be loaded with live firearms or with live rounds, I should say. So all you, you, you gun control activists, you need to get a clue and realize that gun in the hands of somebody who knew what they were doing for safety purposes would never, that would never have happened. Because first of all, a person who understands gun safety would have checked that thing. If you found a round of that gun, we go, whoa, there's a round in this baby. Eject that round and take out that clip. Okay, now this, this thing is empty. And nobody would have been hurt. But you got an idiot like this, this takes the gun and shoots it. One person did, another person injured. See, this, this is why I have, no, I have no patience with the hypocrisy of these leftists. He's busy running around telling everybody else that they don't need guns, and he's killed somebody with a gun. problem is not the gun. The problem is the human heart. And it's clear that he's so full of hypocrisy and so full of carelessness and recklessness that while he's so busy posturing as the superior moral being who is trying to get guns out of everybody's hands, he's killed somebody. I'm a gun enthusiast and I deal with live guns I mean, I deal with, uh, with, with, with firearms and, 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 and live rounds all the time. I haven't killed anybody, and I'm not going to. I'm here again, God forbid, I have to do that in self-defense. But I certainly pray against that. I don't want that. I don't want to hurt anybody. But I, don't, but I, I am not going to sit here and lecture you about how you need to get rid of your guns because guns are dangerous and got poor people, too many people get killed by guns. And yeah. And the very people doing that like him end up killing somebody with a gun. See, I don't know when, well, these leftists are incapable of doing it because they think we're just high, they think we're just high class animals. See, they, they, don't, they don't understand that we are made in the image and likeness of God. They don't understand that the human heart is where evil springs. They don't understand any of that. They, they think laws and legislation and control and Marxism and socialism and equity and inclusion and diversity and all, they, you know, we, we're going we're to just make the system so everybody's good. Yeah. Well, that's the Bible says you're not going to do that. God's going to make everybody good who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to make us all good because he's given us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's how you're going to get good people. Remember the man came up to Jesus, the rich young ruler said, good master, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Not as good, good but God. Now, what Jesus was saying is, do you really know who I am? I am good, but I'm God. But nobody else is good but God. The Bible says, the heart is deceitfully wicked above everything. Who can know it? 
And here's Alex Baldwin wrote, I wonder how it would must feel to wrongfully kill someone. Well, now you know. Instead of railing against guns, what you ought to be doing is, as I've just suggested, familiarizing yourself with gun safety and seeing the gun as a mere instrument. And as long as it is not in the hands of a fool, it is a tool that can be used for good. But in the hands of a fool, it is an instrument of evil. But it's the fool that causes it to become an instrument of evil, not the, not the thing itself. All right. I, I, I know this is an unusual topic for me to jump into, but I just thought it was worth dealing with that because I, I really believe that we need to have a cultural sea change and all this gun control nonsense needs to be brought to an end. And people need to realize that we Americans are people of individual liberty. We are a pioneering people. Guns have always played a role in our culture from the people who pioneered out this continent. And they, were, are, they are always going to be a part of our culture as Americans. And what we need to do is become familiar with them and become familiar with gun safety and practice it. And if that were the case, if that were the nature of our culture, this accident would never have happened. And by the way, let me add one other thing. Do you think you're going to hear a hue and cry out of Hollywood that we've got to stop using guns as props in movies? Don't hold your breath because their hypocrisy knows no bounds. See, what they want is to disarm you and me as, as American citizens, but they want to maintain the privilege of using guns in their movies and in their props and bang, bang, and all of that. They, oh, yeah, they're, they're, oh, no. They, they don't want gun control to extend to that. Well, now, to tell you the truth, there ought to be the imposition of some safety rules on these people who are, who are playing with guns. They're actually playing with guns. And there ought to be the imposition of some safety rules and protocols that if you fail to abide by, you are criminally liable. And that's why I say, in my view, Alex Baldwin, Alec Baldwin ought to be criminally liable for this because you ought to know better. And in a free society, you could have known better. And if you're going to be railing against guns and you know you're using guns in your movies and in your props, you ought to find out about gun safety and proper protocols and practices and all of that. Not rely on some armor on the movie set, which is what they do. They relied on the armor. I don't, I don't know who this armor was, but, but I think the armor is a woman. Maybe, maybe the armor ought to be prosecuted as well. Because somebody should have checked that weapon before that weapon was fired. To make sure they knew exactly what was in it. There's got to be a difference between a dummy round that is I just designed to make a noise to explode, but not a projectile. But they had a projectile in that weapon that went through the barrel and killed the person that was being pointed at. I mean, you know, well, it's going to be interesting to see what other facts come out about this. And I said, I'll defer to the criminal justice system, of course, because we don't have any choice, but but this is the kind of thing that should never happen because the problem is not the gun. The problem is the idiots messing around with the gun. 
Okay. Well, I, I, I went longer with that than I expected to, but you know, it's, it's a worthwhile discussion to have because there is a move in our country to disarm the American people, and I will fight it with every fiber of my being. I, I have a fundamental right to defend myself and my family and my property. I have a fundamental right to keep and bear arms in this sick and, and dying world, and, and nobody's taking that away from me that God has given me that right. God has given every human being that right. Even Jesus told his disciples after he, when he was about to go to the cross, he said to them, he said, now buy, sell what you have and buy two swords. If I'm not mistaken, I think he told, but he told him, you, now you need a sword. Why? Because I'm not gonna be here to protect you anymore. And you're gonna be traveling the world and it's a dangerous place and you need to be in a position to protect yourself. See, dying for the cause of Christ is not having somebody, it's, it's not dying, having somebody knock you in the head and, and, and come in and, and rob and pillage and rape and all that. that. That's not dying for Christ. That's not martyrdom. And so Jesus was saying, yeah, I, you may be called to give your life for me. You're not called to give, you're not called to give your life for foolishness. He was telling him, so be in a position to defend yourself against foolishness. And that's what one of the things a gun provides. It provides a defense against foolishness. But in the hands of a fool, it's, 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 it is a very, very dangerous and deadly instrument. And I dare say, without apology, Alec Baldwin is a fool. I think he's proved that on more than one occasion. Don't, don't hate him. I'm nothing personal against him. I don't know the man, but he's a fool. He's proved that on more than one occasion, and now he's killed somebody. All right, let's get, let's get to the word. I'm, I, I'm, I'm late getting to it, but, but let's get to it. We're in Philippians chapter 4, and we just finished up um, verses 8, through 8 and 9. Um, finally, brother, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, meditate on these things. And the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul says, use me as an example. What you see me doing, you follow that. Follow me as I follow Christ, First uh, First Corinthians 11.1 1 says, imitate. But it says, actually, be imitators of God as dear children. And so if I'm imitating God and you're imitating me, you're ultimately imitating God. And that's what Paul was saying here. Tenth verse is where we pick up. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Now he's getting into the Philippian church being a financial support for him. He says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the context of that verse. That's a wonderful verse. But look, here's what Paul is saying. Uh, you all have cared for me. You have, you have supported me. You have supplied me. And he says, now I'm not saying this in regard to need. In other words, it's like I say to my church sometimes. 
God's going to take care of me no matter what. So it's not like I, I've got to beg people, please help me. Please do this for me. God's going to take care of me. But you get to share in it when you, those of you who have contributed, when you, your contributions to help create this ministry and to help grow it, to help expand it. I really believe God's going to supply that need even if you as an individual don't give. I know he's going to supply that need even if you as an individual don't give. But when you give, you get to be a partner. You get to share in it. Say, so I'm not trying to get money from you. I'm trying to get the blessing of God to you. And to the extent that you give, you then become a partner in what God is doing through my ministry. He says, your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. In other words, probably they didn't know where Paul was. They didn't know how to get money to him at certain, at certain times, or they weren't in a position to at certain times. But he says, but now you're doing it. And, and he's saying, bless you for it. He says, I'm, it's not, but, but it's not about what I need. He said, because I know how to deal with whatever circumstance I'm in. OK, whether whether I'm in plenty or I'm in lack, what he's really expressing is confidence in God, because then he goes on to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's going to take care of me no matter what. That's what he's saying. God's going to take care of me no matter what. He goes on to say, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? By that time, Paul had planted churches all over the known world. He says, but no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. He's commending the Philippian church. I believe the Philippian church really had a special place in Paul's heart, and Paul had a special place in their heart because of the way that church was birthed, the miraculous birth of that church in, the, in that Philippian jail. When Paul and Silas are down in the deepest, darkest, nastiest part of that dungeon, chained to a wall, but they're singing and praising God. And the prisoners heard that. And God moved and shook that prison. And the, the doors flew open and the, and, the, and the prison warden thought he was going to be executed by the Romans for allowing all these prisoners to escape and was about to kill himself. And Paul because there was no light. Paul could not see this man. Paul was chained to a wall, had been chained to a wall. And when the prison doors flung open, the warden decided he was going to kill himself to get out of the trouble he was going to be with the Romans. Because, you know, Romans might have crucified him. And Paul says, we're here. Don't hurt yourself. We're here. And preached the gospel to the man. The man got saved. I mean, a miraculous event all around. Then went to his family, went to his house. He fed them, nursed their wounds. Because remember, they had been beaten. So they were bloody. They were wounded. They were in this nasty part of the prison. They were dealing with stuff now that we would consider to be toxic and ripe for creating all kinds of infections. But he dressed their wounds, cleaned them up, fed them. Whole family got saved and got baptized. That's how the Philippian church was born. And I believe that church had a special place in Paul's heart and, 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 and they had a special place in their heart for the Apostle Paul, who was really the father of that church. He says, 
So no church share with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Verse 15 and 16 says, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. So when I was in Thessalonica, you sent again to my, I believe Paul's in Rome as he writes this, but in Thessalonica, you also took care of me. He says, not that I seek the gift. See, you know, folks, I have a, a, a rule. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. It's 914. Wow. I've, I've got to get ready to go. But, of course, I speak around the country, and, and, and I'm often paid an honorarium, almost always paid an honorarium to speak. But I have a rule that I don't charge churches an honorarium or anything. If I agree to come speak at a church, it is not for a fee. I'm not seeking a gift. Now, usually they'll take up a free will offering and they'll give me something. And I really do appreciate that uh, because that is in part how God takes care of me. But I don't ever say, well, if I come, will you give me X? Because I'm not seeking the gift. What am I seeking? Paul says, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. In other words, I'm trying to be, to be a blessing to them, not to get something from them. See, and that's the attitude of every true minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're trying to get something to you, not take something from you. See, and as sadly, um, the, the, the body of Christ has been so abused and exploited by so many people uh, who claim to be ministers and with uh, so much foolishness that people will sometimes feel like, you know what, I'm, I, I don't know who to give to. I'm not giving because, you know, there's a bunch of shysters out there. Well, look, you got to follow the spirit of God and go where God leads you. But I tell you one thing, you will never hear me coming on this air saying, oh, if you don't give to us, we're going to close down. We won't be able to make it. Send a thousand dollars today. Send a thousand dollars today and and we'll turn your your stuffed bunny rabbit into a talisman and you can rub his head and you'll get healed. I mean, all that kind of foolish mess. I just, I don't seek a gift, but fruit that abounds to your account. Now you give, you're not giving to me, you're giving to God and you're giving to God's kingdom and God's ministry. It's up to me as a steward to use that money the way God would have me to and to, to, to do the things that, of course, everything you see around you, uh, it costs money. I mean, th this studio I'm sitting in, it didn't just kind of spring up. It costs money. People donated to help make this possible. You're, what, what you're looking at is the, is, the, is the donations of people who have made it possible for me to communicate with you in this way. I desire fruit that abounds to their account. I want them to be blessed by God. I want God, I want God to reward them for their faithfulness and their commitment. And I'm, I'm praying for all of you. I really am. I really am. God needs you, wants you. This country needs you and wants you. And I need you and want you. I need your prayers. I need your support. I need your encouragement. And yes, we, we need your donations. Absolutely. No question about that. But that's not why I'm in it. I'm in it to be a blessing to you. Because when I stand before God, he's not going to say to me, son, how much money did you raise? Mm -mm. 
That's not going to be part of the equation. It's going to be how many people did you bless? How many people did you get saved? How many people, how many hearts did you turn around from, from wickedness, from abortion, from homosexuality, from, from adultery and fornication and, and robbery and murder and theft and, and racial hatred and division? How many people's hearts did you impact, son? That's, that's what it's going to be about, not money. Okay, that's going to do it. I've got to go. God bless you. I love you. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.